Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Go, 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 go. What is that? What Uh, did you just do? I don't know. It's a song. Is it though? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a real song? Yeah. It's like a big hit. You know, it was like on the radio. Okay. Um, I think they danced to it at the Democratic National Convention. Did they really? I don't know. That wouldn't surprise me. I think I'm thinking of the Macarena. You might be. You. Hey, everybody. Hello, everyone. <laughs> My name is David Bell. My name isn't. It's not that. It's Tom Ryman. And we just watched John Dies at the End. Spoilers. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you know, this was uh, this is based off a book. Is it? What is that stuff, John? The soy sauce? That stuff. I'm remembering things that haven't happened yet. We were chosen by the soy sauce. So you guys are what? Some kind of spiritualist exorcist? Something like that. Awkward. (laughs) 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 No, it's going well. I like this. I love this energy. Let's keep this up. Yeah. Listen, folks, this is brought to you by podcast producers uh, Harrison Millie. Thank you. And Millie, thank you so much. They were very pol- like when they asked, they were like, "Is it? Would it be weird to cover John dies at the end, the movie?" And I think I answered like, "Yeah, I might, but <laughs> we'll do it." Maybe a little <laughs> bit, not? but I don't know. I mean, it's J- I don't know. <laughs> Jason didn't make the damn movie. Yeah, exactly. I didn't ask Jason. <laughs> I, we could have asked Jason if he wanted to be on this, oh, but <laughs> I yeah, I was gonna say I feel, I feel like the answer would have been no. I feel like he would have right? said no. Yeah, no? yeah, you kind of have to say no. <laughs> what if he was like yes and then blasted yeah. the movie <laughs> just a scathing review yeah. <laughs> uh, 10 yeah. years of rage at this at this film Finally has it been out. 10 years i think so yeah fuck man that's fucked up mm-hmm. so mm, okay so, so some context i guess John Dies at the End is, uh, for people who don't know, I don't know why they wouldn't know. Oh, they, is, there's uh, probably movie, some people who don't. Yeah, it's a movie based off a book written by our pal, Jason Pargin. Yeah, frequent, uh, frequent Hypecast guest. He's always on here plugging his books. This was, yeah, the, this I, was the first one. I guess we should note his, the, the fourth jo- John Dies at the End is coming out pretty soon. Yeah, depending, uh, depending still, on when this episode goes up, it might be a matter of weeks. Right. I need to... I have an advanced copy. Uh, I, I, oh, yes. I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't been I able to read yeah, it yet. I've been so busy. <laughs> I know, me too. And the thing is, is that... So let's start there. Is that if I didn't know Jason, I would be a big fan of Jason nonetheless in his books. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you. I, I got to John Dies at the End late. Like, I got right read John Dies at the End because of knowing Jason, right? Yeah for the record as opposed to i think a lot of people like read the book when it was like in pointless waste of time and stuff like that right i think so i'm not I don't sure know where, i don't yeah. yeah i know he published it in like chunks online initially and then it became a book yeah yeah uh the point being that like i i really enjoy all three that i've read so far mm-hmm. uh they're a blast and uh and they made a movie with the director of fucking Bubba Hotep. Yeah, and Phantasm. Don Coscarelli. And Phantasm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. J- you've probably, if you're a fan of the of the movie or of the book series, you've probably heard Jason tell this story. So I'll just tell a truncated, you know, third-hand version of it. But from what he said, like, Jason got contacted by Don Coscarelli a few times and didn't believe him. He thought he was somebody fucking with him. That's really funny. Why? Because <laughs> he wanted to turn it into a movie. He's like, okay, yeah, sure, buddy, sure. You're the well, director of Phantasm. Okay. Yeah. It's it is kind of wild cuz watching this movie again cuz I I hadn't seen this movie too too many times. Uh so rewatching it yeah. was kind of a treat. 
Yeah, no, I hadn't seen this. I don't think I had seen this movie since it came out. No shit. Maybe once Um, since then. It's not a movie I watch very often. Right. Um, Hold on. I'm 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 looking up. When did it actually come out? 2012. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Ten years. And what I was going to say is rewatching it this time, um, trying to stay like completely removed from the context, you know, Um, trying to look at it as a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, One big note I have is this movie's really uh, before its time. Does that make sense? In a lot of ways, yeah. In 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 a, in a few ways, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we sort of have this new um, push for like Lovecraftian horror, yeah, uh, and like sort of the the weird sci-fi, and that that's like watching this again, not thinking about the book, just trying to think of it as a movie, which is so and hard to do. There's like a Stranger Things element to it as well. <laughs> yeah, there is, and there's this I yes. There's this multiple dimension, this like upside down. Um, there's this like, yeah, this weird sort of like the Lovecraftian horror where nothing is fully like it's 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 all very abstract. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the idea that people see other people in different ways as different people. Yeah. Uh, the the monsters themselves are very Lovecraftian, uh, and so like I don't know that that was the biggest the biggest thing that that popped out this time for me was that was that uh this movie feels like it was made way more recently than it was yeah at least to me yeah it, I, I did kind of get that this feels like a movie that would have been on netflix like two years ago yeah yeah that's kind of cool yeah um yeah this, it's it's tough because like i think if you're a fan of the book this movie feels um like it cuts a lot right because it, it does. does and it, it squishes a lot into the back half and uh we haven't said how we feel about this movie yet <laughs> it's uh, well i'm trying to su- i'm trying to figure that out because like the way i feel about it it was that the first time i watched it i was just fucking blown away right it's so excited existing yeah just so excited that they made this in this story that jason wrote into a movie with like paul giamatti in it and yeah. clancy brown <laughs> clancy brown's in there yeah um what do you what about you do you have any like initial thoughts of how you feel about this movie um i feel like this movie is really uneven i feel like sure i feel like and and this is gonna sound like um, okay but like i feel like the first half is a lot better than the second half and of course the first half it sticks the closest to the story and then the second half is where it kind of goes off on its own but well, it, uh, just, it skips a huge chunk shitload kidnaps them and then takes them to the mall and that's where that's where you can see the seam like for people who haven't read the book that's a big they skipped over a lot of stuff right there if i recall right Mm -hmm. where i think so yeah yeah and so it it's very disjointed Mm -hmm. at the end um yeah it's basically the, the whole third act of this movie kind of falls apart for me um right as so i don't really care for the last 20 minutes of this film uh so it's not really yeah so it's not as fun of a of a rewatch for me you know um apart from the uh it just being excited for jason and how cool it is that this movie exists and how how good most of it is yeah um there's i know what you're saying um because it gets i mean it it goes it's so over the top so fast that it, it it's it's a little bit whiplashy you know? Yeah, there's a lot of ideas in it, which I the, think the, it's. I, I think it works a little better in the novel because the novel you can sort of tell was written in chunks. Like, there's actually like two or three different stories in the book. Yes, that all right. So that's the thing about this. I would argue that, and I have no like insider information on this. I'm I'm just saying this. I think this should be a TV series. Yes. Yeah. Uh, of it, course. It, it, yeah. It, that that is sort of where this story would best work is because the biggest i think the biggest issue with this movie is that it's what you're saying it has to condense it has to condense a story that's really really dense in the book uh to a movie and so the result is that it's kind of um it's it's kind of confusing at the end Mm -hmm. it's like wait why are we at this mall what is the point of this and so it has to kind of lean on the idea of being more chaotic and a little more random 
Yeah. Which I actually think does ultimately work okay. Because I was thinking about the character Dave um, and how the, the fun part about Dave is that, God, we haven't even described what this movie is about. <laughs> I just realized. Um, it's, it's about a drug, uh, for people who haven't read the book, called soy sauce, that when you take it, basically like uh, taps you into uh, uh, an otherworldly plane of ex- existence, yeah, essentially. Yeah, you remember, uh, how, you remember how in Ghostbusters they say that like Dana Barrett's apartment building is an antenna for the supernatural? Like yeah. that's that's what the drug does to you. Like you become in tuned, uh, and he describes it really cool in the book. And they they use a lot of a lot of what Jason wrote is in this movie verbatim. Yeah, it's narrated, so yeah. that helps. Uh, so, but that's basically how he describes it. Is it's this drug that turns you into an antenna for just every different shade of reality that's around us at any given moment. So you can start to see shit time exists as a flat circle i guess like you start yeah. dr manhattaning your way through stuff which is a really fun bit with john where he calls dave like 20 times so he's like yeah. oh, i think you're gonna get at calls point, from me for nine he, years <laughs> yeah at one point he's dead yeah <laughs> he calls him yeah uh and and then there's little things like um uh the cop who i love the cop in this um glenn, glenn Turman is the actor mm-hmm. he is my favorite performance in this whole thing um him and uh, paul giamatti paul giamatti is great i mean every i think everybody does really good in this that's one of the big things i like about this movie is i think the performances are really good but um mm-hmm. the, at one point the cop goes to shoot him and he like he basically trans teleports to the factory in which the bullet was being made and briefly distracts the guy making the bullet so that a fly lands on the bullet so that the bullet uh, misfires and doesn't kill him. Like there's shit like that mm-hmm. in this. Uh, and that's the soy sauce doing it. And it's really, the plot is basically just like this very gory horror film, uh, this very bizarre film. That's just uh, this guy, Dave and his friend, John and John takes the soy sauce first. And Dave is just trying to figure out what the fuck he's on yeah that's kind of it pretty much yeah and he's telling the story to paul giamatti in the future who is a reporter trying to expose this this soy sauce drug and it's just kind of a series of really fucking bizarre things happening that are uh, i would say in a good way undercut by comedic beats as well um on purpose you know yeah like i wouldn't say this movie's trying to be scary it's a it's a comedy it's a horror comedy uh yeah, it's like it's Bub- you know it's the director of Bubba Hotep, like we mentioned. Right, it's, it's, Bubba it's, Hotep isn't that scary. It's, it's, it's much it's, closer yeah. in tone to Bubba Hotep than Phantasm. Yeah, and it's trying it's trying to create these moments, uh, and this is why it's great source material for it that are just fucking weird, where it's like a meat monster that attacks them, and then they have to make a phone call and like wait there with the meat monster while they make the phone call because mm-hmm. the meat monster has the wrong person, like stuff like that. That's just really fucking weird. That feels like it belongs closer to to today's sensibilities, right? Yeah, like in the days of like Psycho Gorman, you know, like yes yeah yeah and that's that's why it feels really like uh before it's time for that that reason um doug jones is in this not in an outfit which is kind of fun he's just doug jones yeah he's just doug jones uh but this is all to say what i was getting at before is that dave not dave sorry the character of john who by the way apparently that actor was in deep blue c2 so i'm gonna have to watch that oh really okay yeah (laughs) Uh, the character of John is already like uh, a loose cannon. That's like how he is. He's just a weirdo, right? Yeah. Uh, and they establish that really quickly. Um, and uh, I, I guess what I was saying is that because he's like that, you don't know what's like actual supernatural and what's just John being a fucking maniac. Yeah. And that is kind of the tone of the whole movie is that like, because be, the book explains so much more and the movie doesn't have time to so it kind of falls on that idea which is that it's like just weird shit is happening why is it happening i don't know man yeah parallel <laughs> dimension it. yeah it, it all just yeah. comes down to there's people in a parallel universe trying to cross over into our world um and i think the obviously the book it's more fun to have all the details but I do think without, if you watch this movie without the context of the book, 
I think I think it it it's not that uh, disorienting. I don't, because probably not. Yeah, probably not. There's the chain of events in the movie is not difficult to follow. Um, it right. just stuff just seems really rushed and out of nowhere. But uh, you know, it's it, Bubba Hotep kind of feels again, the same way. So it's hard because with knowledge of the book, I'm just like, oh, there were so many other things mm-hmm. that were really fun from the book that you could you could add. You know, uh, here's the the the. I don't want to spend too much more time just uh, talking about the differences between the book and the movie, but the one, the one that really confounds me is that they changed the dog's name. Right. You what know, was the dog's name in the book? The I dog's forget. name is Molly in the book. In the Molly, movie, and it's they Barkley. Barkley. <laughs> Which, sure. <laughs> I remember Jason thinking that was a fine change. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's just I, I just wonder why they did it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I did. Um. Let's see. Yeah, he wrote the director. Also wrote the the screenplay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he had a dog named Barkley. I guess so. Yeah. At some point, that is very odd. That is a very odd um, uh, change. But in general, like, like, so it, it is really tough to think think about this movie um, out of the context of the book. Yeah. But I guess we should. I guess we're right? we, yeah we uh, yeah because. How, we don't we don't we don't, we don't review books here dave i know i know i think this this I movie's know. about 90 or 100 minutes okay yeah it's not too long see this is so hard to think of it outside of the book because there's things that this movie does that i'm was really happy about in terms of like oh i didn't think they were gonna do that like they do they they do a lot of more like like one of the big things i noticed from this movie is that there are so many locations there there's so many really really well done great looking locations in this movie for yeah. and this is a fairly indie film right as far as i know yeah i mean don, like don coscarelli has never rolled with a huge budget on anything so right the cgi really shows its budget i would say yeah yeah um but it's fine um, <laughs> no it's not it's not terrible yeah but um I guess what I'm saying is like they they still felt it necessary to do some of the like some of the um like they didn't they didn't cut it for like efficiency and they didn't cut it based off like oh we need to condense locations like there's some just very grand looking locations stuff like that church and like even mm-hmm. the cave and like the abandoned mall like those are all really tough locations yeah and like they they could have condensed this a lot more yeah and they didn't yeah i think he wanted to he meaning the director coscarelli i think what he wanted to preserve the, the sort of the weirdest stuff from the story right so like the meat monster and talking on the bratwurst and uh the whole gimmick of uh two characters seeing somebody a different way and that's how they know uh, they're a ghost, which turns into a nice sort of plant and payoff in the movie. Um, I really like that concept. Yeah, it's cool. It's so cool. And he does that. Jason does that in, in a, I think in each book, he does something like that, where it sort of like plays with the way that you're reading it. Um, yeah, perception. I know there's like, um, I don't want to spoil too much of his other books, but like, for example, he talks about the idea of, I think in the third book, he talks about like the, the idea of the like statue. memories being planted. Yeah, the no. snowman statue. The they snowman keep, statue. Yeah. They keep talking about the characters. Keep talking about a snowman statue that they refer to as being always there. Like, oh yeah, that snowman statue has been there the whole time. You know, they refer to it, it offhand it, in like a description, and so after a right, while, you start noticing. <laughs> you start noticing that it keeps changing its location, but the yeah. characters don't realize it. Yeah, because it's planting the memory of like, oh yeah, that snowman statue we always had in yep. our in our trailer. You yeah. know, like. Oh, you're like, oh, yeah, we passed by the uh, the abandoned building with that snowman statue in front yeah. of it. You know, the snowman statue. And so, like, he uh, that's that's concept. And this, again, uh, this is the stuff that feels ahead of its time, which is that it's more sci-fi-y. It's more about well, it's trying to create this, like, more Star Trek-y, heady concepts. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's still firmly in horror. I mean, it, it shares a lot with... Horror. Yeah, exactly. It's cosmic horror. Yeah, and that's what I'm. Yeah, and that's something we're only just playing with, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to do the stuff that's in the books visually. I would say, yeah, uh, like there's 
one thing that did get left out was the idea that one of the characters gets stricken from existence entirely. So you'll see this character yeah. in, in like one or two scenes earlier in the book, but then they just forget about him. So it seems like a mistake at first. Right. Um, so they couldn't really do that in the movie. That would be a lot trickier, but they still kept like a, it, a lot yeah. of those ideas, you know, like seeing the, the, the person uh, two different ways, depending on which character seeing them. Um, a lot of like the cosmic horror sort of thought experiments that are in the narration. Right. Um, like the beginning thing where it's basically the ship of Theseus, I think, Riddle. About the axe. Yeah, about the axe. Which you kill, you chop off a guy's head with an axe, uh, and then you break the handle in the process, get the handle replaced, and then you 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 fight a monster on your kitchen sink, and you break the uh, head of the axe, get that replaced, and then the, the guy comes back from the dead and says, that's the axe that killed me. And the question is, is he right? Yeah. Yeah. And There's the, a lot of that, and that, that yeah. actually plays directly into... Um, I believe a reveal in the book that's not in this movie, right? Right, that Dave is a copy, which they don't yeah. they don't do in the in the movie. And then in this book is filled with spiders. They they t- he talks about the thing that I know was a cracked article about how transporting or teleportation. One of the theories is that it kills you and recreates you every yep, time with your old memories. It's the prestige, basically. <laughs> yeah. You're killing a and clone these- or you're cloning yourself every time you go through the transporter in Star Trek and it's killing you. Right. And so, again, going back to like why we have to talk about this in the context of the book is that this movie was made in 2012. And I do say it is ahead of its time, but it's not. It's almost like if it was made now, I think they would be a lot more bold about some of the concepts mm-hmm. like this should be a series and they would they would do this stuff. And they would have a. I think they would feel more comfortable doing this this kind of weird. The idea that like you know Dave ends up being a fucking copy, yeah. And then we just keep going. And I think it's like stuff like Rick and Morty, you know, like yes, yeah. Rick and Morty basically took that idea. Uh, I don't know if they knew they were taking it from that book, uh, but it's the same basic idea where it's like rick and morty go to a new universe and then they bury themselves like it's it's those things where it's like uh nowadays i think our storytelling our ability to to like um you know understand these concepts has gotten better mm-hmm. that we we're just more accepting of them so like watching this movie and not if i if i could erase uh jason's book from my head watching this movie i feel like my impression would be like this is touching on a lot of really cool shit Mm -hmm. and then it feels like it kind of swerves at the last minute yeah does that make sense yes yeah i think it kind of it kind of rushes to the end in the last act yeah it's a Uh, little like uh i guess you're not ready for that yet but your kids are gonna love it yeah but 10 years (laughs) uh because yeah it introduces these really like that first sequence with the meat monster mm-hmm. um which is it's john and dave going to this girl's house who uh john clearly is just trying to bone yeah and um uh she says her boyfriend has been harassing her and then of course she adds my boyfriend's been dead for like two months so they go to the house they go they go to the basement um and then he starts he starts describing the girl and how cute she is and dave realizes he's describing a different person than him yeah and he's like wait what do you think she looks like and they realize like and they're like oh fuck and then it's genuinely creepy her being on the stairs like this i think actually works almost better as a movie than in book form because this is a really good visual moment yeah where she's just standing there and they're like hey we're having a little bit of a problem we're both seeing you as a different person and then she explodes into snakes (laughs) just bursts into snakes yeah yeah and that short sort of shit it's like it's it's the idea that demons aren't just like it's this is a problem i think a lot of movies run into when they deal with stuff like demons is that like demonic forces should be more surreal right yeah like the idea of seeing someone as two different people or like having your memory of somebody erased Mm -hmm. um that shit is so cool to me as like the work of demonic forces and it rarely makes it makes its way into movies yeah and it's that's you know uh 
again a, a, a testament to how unique jason's brain is when he writes this shit it's just this oh, stuff yeah. is so high concept and it's really impressive how much of it is in the movie right and and it's still not enough for me yeah i want it i want more yeah i want more but it is like for example the memory stuff we're mentioning isn't actually in the movie it's not it's one of the cooler things in the stories but uh it's hard to do but i'd love to see him try you know right and you'd need longer movie this is an hour and 40 minutes yeah uh which should be enough but like it's it's such a dense book with this stuff that it's hard to take it and strip it down. You know, you look at like adapting a book like Jurassic Park. Mm. It's like you can look at Jurassic Park and go, okay, yeah, we know what we got to yeah, strip yeah. Here it down are the beats. to. Yeah. This is such a harder thing to adapt mm-hmm. that it's really surprising that it's like it's a, it's delightfully surprising that it was attempted. Uh, and for what they did, honestly, I think it came out very well. Uh, yeah when it with the limitations of it being an hour and 40 minutes Mm -hmm. with and with like a micro budget right and so again like my impression of it not knowing the book would be like this movie is really cool but it it feels like there's it really does like it feels like there's more yeah Uh, it feels like it's a story that was compacted and therefore a bit disjointed yeah make this specifically in that third act make this into a netflix series yeah they should they really should. <laughs> they really should. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would do really well now, you know? I, yeah. I, yeah. Especially with what they're, yeah. You know, with Stranger Things and there's been a couple of other uh, shows uh, that are similar. Um, gosh, like Supernatural, you know, mm-hmm. um, is kind of has a little bit in common with this. A little bit. Um, yeah. It just seems like this would do really well as a show right now. Um, right. <laughs> I'm sure Jason's been trying to make that point. Yeah. yeah. J- Jason's listening to this and he's like, yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree that my book should be turned into a Netflix show. Um, I wanted another thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. And this is weird because I actually feel this way about the book too. And I'm not, I can't quite put my finger on this. And I've, I think I've said this about some other movies that we've watched is I feel nostalgic watching this, which is weird considering that's 10 years old. Yeah. And I think it's because like in the movie, they're like the radio is old. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it it feels like it takes place more in like the early 2000s, which I guess it probably does. Well, that's what that that would have been when he wrote it. Yes. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. So there's like this weird nostalgia. I think it's because these characters are the exact age I was at this exact time. If that makes sense. Yes. And it's a lot of like driving around, hanging out with friends, going to parties, uh, outdoor, like hick yeah, parties. Yeah, it's a, direct, a directionless like, yeah. existence. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it is, is there's this like weird feeling of nostalgia just watching the characters interact in the environment. Yeah. Um, shit. Shit. I lost the thing I was going to say. You're talking about it feeling nostalgic for this film. I know. I know that's what I was f- saying, and then I forgot. It doesn't matter. Okay. We can move on. Sure. We can move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, shit. <laughs> this is tough. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, what other aspects of this movie we could talk about. Um, it's so hard because it's, it really is like, I, tr- I tried again to remove myself um mentally like from from any context of this movie and the thing is is that i actually didn't take too many notes because i i agree with you what you said about the ending feeling rushed right yeah but i think in combination with the nostalgia i just said and then the fact it's got to come into play the fact that i know jason and i know this book is that i really just sort of enjoyed the movie yeah um it also comes down to i kind of want to see who who fucking Who's the cinematographer? I I I'm I really think this movie looks good. It I does. Think the, um, yeah. The sets and the cinematography. That Chinese restaurant. There's something about it that's just. I just kind of like existing in it. Yeah, it does. Which is plays the, into why I think it would make a good TV show. Yeah. No. This, Holy shit. This. What's that? It's the cinematographer for It Follows. Uh, oh. Us. Uh, under the Silver Lake. Okay, and, that explains a lot. And old. Mm, mm, there it is. The coup de, <laughs> de gras. This is a uh, holy shit. This 
this cinematographer has done a bunch of M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, and yeah, it follows. Holy shit. That makes so much sense. Yeah. This is amazingly shot, I thought. Yeah, it really it's really very impressive with the way it looks like you were saying already about the locations and the way uh, the shots are lit. Like it, it, the fact that it's shot by the same person that did uh, it follows and more for me under the silver lake. Cause I think under the silver lake is, is closer in tone to this movie uh, where it takes like some of these locations and, and casts them in a way that makes them a little more sinister, even though everything's still kind of silly. Um, yeah that's 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 pretty cool i didn't know that um that's really surprising because yeah i would i would say this movie um again it feels it's surprisingly big for an indie film mm -hmm. uh and it is very well shot uh it it really is like if there was it like we've sort of said it the the weak spot is the script the adaptation it's fucking tough yeah uh but as like I think I really, out of context, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to land on the fact that I think I really would have loved this movie if I saw it without knowing the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd love to hear from people who m- perhaps watched this movie having not read the yeah, book. Yeah, haven't read the story, yeah. Um, and I think what it is is that it's the scope and the weirdness that I will forgive any, like, the plot feeling disjointed, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, knowing the book, I know why. In ex- like in exchange for like, if I saw this movie in 2012, I think completely removed from context, I'd be like, "What a fucking weird movie!" Yeah, we- they need we need to make more movies like this. It's pretty and it's bizarre, and I think the humor balances itself out because that's another thing is that like uh, this style of humor. I remember hearing they were going to adapt it and being like, "I I don't know if they're going to get." the humor right mm-hmm. because like it reads it will read different than it's performed right yeah and that and was I, yeah that was another cool thing about watching the movie is seeing <laughs> so such a dopey thing to say but just seeing how they translated it you know like how john is in the movie as opposed to how he like reads on the page right and i would say he was completely different in the book to me uh, and this worked. He's a little more broy in the um, in the movie, and I think part of that's because the actor seems a little more broy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they got the right the the actor who plays Dave is this sort of even more deadpan version of Topher Grace, if that's possible. If that makes sense. Um, and the tone in general, yeah. they, I think they they nailed for the most part. There's a little with the character of Dave. It's hard for him not to come off a little edge lordy in a few places. Yeah. But I think that's I th- I can't tell if that's on purpose or not because he's sort of a he sort of represents like the cynical kind of shitty twenty something year old. Yeah, he's like when he's, he's at the he's, party, he's, he's rolling his eyes at the magic and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he's he's seen it all and he thinks he's smarter than everyone. Exactly, like he's like twenty whatever and he, he yeah. acts like he's fucking eighty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would say the one character that doesn't, uh, it's a fine performance, but doesn't get enough is Amy. That yeah. Amy, I think, is is uh, heavily cut well, she, in a way that... And she's not even the same character. Like, that's the, she's the main victim of the movie's, like, efficiency, I guess. Yeah, and I would say that if I was watching this without knowing about it as a book, I would feel like her character barely has a personality yeah because it's by the end they're just like together and it's like because she vanishes from the movie she's at the party Mm -hmm. she vanishes from the party and comes back in the truck and she's like ready to be his girlfriend yeah and it's really strange (laughs) yeah exactly and it's a and that's definitely a a big part that was cut from the book yeah it's she's this is it's a different character at this part in the book yeah like amy doesn't come actually come into the story during this the part that's in the movie yeah uh so they just combined her she's in like the second half of the book so they just turned her into combined her with the character that was in the first half uh and so it just yeah it just sort of comes off like a character that doesn't really have much to her not not like much personality so yeah that's that's a bummer 
Yeah, I think ultimately where you started on this, which is that the first half really works and then it kind of falls apart in the second half. A little. I really see. I really like the ideas of the second half. Mm -hmm. I like where this movie ends up going, which is like you never think you're going to watch them fight a fucking fucking weird Cthulhu. Yeah. uh, Like an Internet troll Cthulhu monster. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and and so like I love the the alternate dimension where everybody's just wearing these weird masks. Yeah. Oh, that's and it so was, good. It was it I was, remember watching the trailer for this yeah. and being like, God, if I again if I didn't know the context, I'd be like, I have to watch this movie. Because mm-hmm. it's so fucking weird. It goes in so many directions. Uh that like that's that's the real like it has these gore moments and these monsters and this meat monster and then this like eyes wide shut dimension uh which is it's it's that i guess again that's what i mean where it's like i'm really glad they adapted this into a movie yeah this does in 2012 it this like this paved the way i think to stuff like rick and morty uh and and even like mandy and the weirder stuff not to say that had this not existed those wouldn't but you know what i mean yeah um and so like it's such a delightful weird story that it's like i'm so happy they adapted it but at the same time it's it's so almost impossible to adapt it <laughs> and yeah. like make it and and make it make sense without making a mini series or a tv show from it yeah so like but of course who's gonna make a mini series or tv show uh, initially for something like this right it's, it's uh, this thing that's so out there and that's yeah that's a, a a sort of issue that you hear sometimes when it's like well why why there's not more like lovecraftian adaptations and it's like well because cosmic horror is hard to film because it's so yeah internal and it's like it's like certain parts of the the novel it you know, it's like that never exactly. make it into adaptations because it's like hard to translate it. So it's just makes this movie even more all the all the more impressive for how much it actually did. You know, how many of right, those ideas it, that they made visually and that they work in the movie. And a lot of it also comes from Jason's narration and his ability to tell a cosmic horror story, which mm-hmm. is why. Yeah, it's all to say, like, if this was made into a TV show, I think it would really fucking be extremely popular yeah especially now with like if yeah. you're gonna do any cosmic horror this is a very good candidate for it for the exact reasons that you're saying which is like it's it's these intangible concepts i think have the best shot of working mm-hmm. in this story yeah uh i think in part 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 of the reason why is simply because it has a narrator like you ne- you just need someone to explain this shit <laughs> To be able to yeah. say out loud uh, what's going on as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are there are a couple of parts where uh, I think they should have cut the narration in the movie. Um, the, 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 oh, part, really? the part that sticks out to me is when he's at Dave is at the party and, and the Jamaican guy, Robert Marley, is showing him the magic right. tricks. And when he's when he's describing Dave's dream to him, like we don't need that. You don't. We don't need to hear Dave think. Oh shit, he's right. We can tell from his face that that he's right. Yeah, you're right. So it's like there's some things you could you need to maybe cut and just let it play visually. But you're you're also I I do agree that having the narration in there for other parts of the movie is super helpful to get these to get these ideas across. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to like forget to have narration for most of the film Mm -hmm. but yeah i know what you're saying for sure yeah um i want to talk about the ending because i think the ending the ending is is one of my it's one of my favorite parts in the book as well because i i remember this described in the book uh and i it was another one where i was like i can't believe they actually did that ending because it's it really is fucking weird like for an ending it's the most anticlimactic ending you could have yeah uh which is that they're playing basketball and these beings from another dimension or they find a wormhole and go through it and then they're told that they're like saviors yeah and they're like okay well we're gonna go back and get some stuff to help you and then they just sort of roll their eyes and leave. they just leave yeah yeah and that is that is so random to have at the end of this one and it plays over the end credits too yeah (laughs) so it's just this (laughs) but it sums it up perfectly it's why I think it's what the appeal of these book series are in general. Yeah. Um, which is, of course, it's it's 
I would compare it to Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. It's the same idea. It's slackers dealing with these unimaginable horrors and concepts uh, and just not caring. Yeah. <laughs> and it being kind of a grift. Yeah. No, it, it is. Yeah. It, it, interestingly, Ghostbusters is like it's a Cthulhu. Like that's a Lovecraft god right. that they're dealing with, Gozer. So it is like cosmic horror from the eye through the eyes of like just blue collar grifters right. uh so it really is like very very close to ghostbusters i mean i imagine it was one of jason's inspirations i've never I'm asked sure. jason um because why would i uh like what is because like it, but it is like the tone uh that combination and i don't know uh, knowing jason maybe he wasn't thinking about it at all uh he was probably just writing this you know for fun and it's also that's a I I don't I don't want to speak for you, but that's like I feel like that's a question writers hate getting. I'm gonna speak for Jason. No, I, I meant no. I meant for you, like with your your screenplays and stuff. But like, where do you get your ideas? Is sort of like a I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're speaking for yourself as a writer too. No, yeah. you're right. No, I just think like it's it's funny because I we me and Adam did that the Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, uh, which was a web series written the same way Jason wrote John Dies at the end which is to say that she just kept writing chapters. Mm -hmm. And with Fifty Shades of Grey, you can absolutely tell. Mm -hmm. With John Dies at the end, you can't. Um, well, you, which can, is, you can tell a little in just in the sense that it's more episodic than it is like yeah, a... Like yeah, a, yeah, the actual, yeah, the actual um, book, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what I mean is that in the end, it all feels... It's, it's more... I guess it has to do with the subject matter. Mm -hmm. Like Fifty Shades of Grey is a... Is a um, story that actually would lend itself to someone thinking ahead uh, and like that's not a story that can be episodic mm -hmm. uh because it's just boring as shit uh <laughs> whereas uh uh the the this like i don't know works for that and uh, that's all to say i don't think jason was thinking much about like oh how will be this be perceived as an entire piece of art right when, when this becomes a movie you know like i'm sure he never thought this would ever become a movie no. <laughs> uh and what and what that would what that would be which oh that's the thing i was gonna say before that i forgot um yeah my favorite thing that i never in a million years thought would be in this movie was the dick doorknob, the dick doorknob. yep yeah so happy the dick doorknobs in there because that's a visual effect yep so the, the what we're describing is they're trapped in the basement we really didn't describe the plot of this movie. Um, it's fine. And and uh, John goes to leave, and the doorknob turns into a human penis, and he goes, "Ah, that door cannot be opened." <laughs> and that's the joke. That's the joke it. is their homophobia like prevents them from opening <laughs> the door because it has a dick for the doorknob. <laughs> uh, and that's I thought the funniest fucking joke that is made it into this fucking um, yeah movie yeah and i did not think one thing i wish was in the movie that's not that's in the book mm -hmm. is the radio yes. the radio stuff when when he's on the soy sauce he starts listening to the radio and the radio is just like the most vile hate-filled thing ever just uh like because the idea is like their your perception changes and yeah. like you're letting these demonic forces in yeah uh, they do like a chat log with amy that's the similar a similar thing where it's like it's evil shit starts creeping in yeah um they kind of do a little bit of it with in the movie where he's on the phone with the priest yes but it's not enough it's yeah not enough. i the one the one image from the book that i really that really stuck with me that i wish would have made it in the movie is when he's driving or like i think he's walking into a mcdonald's or something and he's seeing the Ronald McDonald poster as Ronald McDonald, like desperately eating his own intestines. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Weeping while he's doing it. Like that image. I was like, fucking shit. Right. <laughs> and that's and what he's seeing and nobody else is seeing it that way. Right. And this is the stuff that like the movie, it, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And the movie gets some of it in there, but not, you know, there's a it's lot of why ideas it needed in to be a, more of a mini series. Yes. Cause like, I think like the idea of the world, in under soy sauce in the book was so fucking surreal and, and demonic and weird yeah that like i just wanted more of that but mm -hmm. i understand like this movie had to cram so much into so little time it does uh even the cool bit with where he takes paul giamatti out to the parking lot to show him the monster and you can only he has to 
he can only see it out of the corner of his eye. Like right. that whole, it's a great fucking movie and I love it. That whole um, Argentine horror movie terrified is like based on that idea where right. it's like, it's a parallel dimension full of these beings, but you, you, you can't really see them except from a very specific perspective. Right. Which is a cool idea. And it's a cool idea. And it's, it, it's creepy as shit. It's so many cool ideas. Yeah. It really is that it's, it's so many ideas that uh, don't have enough room to breathe. Mm-hmm. And so it's still, it's still very entertaining. Yeah. But like, you can definitely see like beyond this movie, the potential. Yeah. Um, this movie yeah, almost feels course, like a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a proof of God, concept. It does. Almost. Yes. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, and then of course the reveal that we haven't talked about Paul Giamatti is <laughs> describing dead. how, yeah, he describes how someone called him the N word. Uh, and, and he's like, wait, what? And he realizes that Paul Giamatti, uh, perceives himself as being black, but he's not seeing it. He's seeing Paul Giamatti because Paul Giamatti is actually dead. And this is Paul Giamatti represents what he imagined a schlubby reporter to look like. Yeah, it's uh, he basically because he was on the sauce. So he has this like supernatural link. He conjured a spirit version of Paul Giamatti's character, Arnie, based on what he thought Arnie looked like by hearing his voice. So he, he thought right. Arnie looked like Paul Giamatti when in actuality he was an older black man. And it's um, a real Vanilla Sky moment where, yep. like, he's he's like, but I don't want to not exist. Yeah, <laughs> and like has to grapple with that idea yeah, that he is actually a, a, a manifestation brought on by his mind. It's by it's Dave's mind. It's like a genuinely tragic sequence because it's obviously a, G- it, Paul Giamatti's so good. Yeah, it's a joke that's also in Bob's Burgers. Yeah. (laughs) Where she has to say goodbye to her horse, her imaginary horse, who then is like, wait, what? You're getting rid of me and has like an existential crisis. Yeah. The horse is wearing jean shorts. (laughs) He's like, oh, why am I wearing these jean shorts? What's happening? (laughs) Oh, man. But it's it's not not played for laughs in this movie, though uh no it's when, not, the, not at all the the end of it is kind of where he's like i don't accept he's just like Boop, out of existence right but like when he's going through it it's like no i've got kids i'm, I'm going on vacation to atlantic city i've got tickets like he's like yeah it's he's like so sad. it's really tragic i'm so curious <laughs> this is something i want to ask jason about because paul giamatti is the producer of this yeah and was paul giamatti like a big fan because that's delightful that was my under true. that was my understanding yeah that's great. That's it's so like good. Th- this is the kind of this is like the one for me stuff that he likes to do, right? So he he apparently is into like weird off the wall shit. That's so good. Yeah. He does so good. Again, the big shout out to Glenn Turman has the reason I Glenn Turman is the one who like really popped out. It's the performance of when he says, "You're probably wondering what I'm doing with this gas can," and the way and he, he does points this to little it. point, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this little point, <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, you nailed it! You nailed the tone. The entire tone yeah. of this is like summed up in that moment." Yeah, um, it's so good. I forget. Does the book expand on that character a lot? Not too much more. I think he's in maybe. Okay, I think he's in maybe one more scene. It's an interesting character because there's this implied idea which they get really they they figure out really well where it's like when he starts helping them you don't feel like it's weird because he's clearly seen some shit yeah and he makes that clear like i i liked i kind of liked how that worked out in this it's like he's got his own movie going on exactly and they he, they sort of that's we mentioned the ending uh, of the movie where they go to the alternate dimension with these weird Glebe glorps or like you are the chosen ones. I'm like, okay, whatever. Right. Uh, there's an aspect of that in the book version of that. Cause if you remember, there's like a Scooby-Doo gang that actually goes into the portal. And, oh, you're right. And they, and they come out and they, they're like clearly <laughs> yeah. on this adventure. And they had their whole adventure. <laughs> oh my God. That and John was and what... Dave are just playing basketball. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was so fucking funny. Yeah. See, this is the shit. Like, I, I need this. I like. Yeah. Uh, I need them to have been able to spend a half hour just on that bit. Yeah, like just on. And just that's what on I mean. Is one like this, bit. <laughs> yeah, this needs to be a series. You could make. You could do five seasons of the, just this book. In my opinion, just this. Yeah, book. there's like three main stories in the first book. So yeah. that's yeah. And so that's that's what it comes down to. Is again, like, if I watch this in a vacuum. I think I'd come out of it liking the movie 
and being like, what a weird idea. I don't, there needs to be more weird movies like this, but like there is an implied bigness that's missing. Mm -hmm. And ultimately like, I'm so glad this movie exists. Uh, I, I need, I need like a series. Yeah, for sure. And then of course you work in the other books as you go. Yeah. Uh, Listen up Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I know you're listening to us. Yeah, of course they do. Um, I don't have anything else to say, Dave. Neither do I. What a weird fucking experience. Yeah. We could have said no to this. We could have, but we, we did were like, no, we, we'll review anything, we baby. S- we soldiered ahead, Dave. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's weird. Like, if you haven't watched this movie, you're going to get nothing from this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's the review <laughs> of two people who know the author of the book the yeah. movie was based off of. Yeah, so it's, it's so hard to be critical. Yeah, it, uh, it is really, it, it, it does really break your brain yeah it's like watching something you well it's it's not exactly the same but it's like when i watch an episode of some more news that i've written for instance i can't watch it the same way right, that you i can't watch, watch another. it critically yeah yeah so and we didn't even we had no we didn't do anything to make this movie yeah no we nothing. had no association with it we yeah. would have blasted this movie if we yep, wanted to yep 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 yeah well but we didn't but we didn't yeah i think because, we're, i think uh, we're i think we're all set all right fine listen who hold on uh who made us do this harris and millie made this harris and millie thank you so much thank you this was a this was a delight if people want us to review more like movies that (laughs) our friends did well then you need to start letting our friends make movies yeah honestly it's as simple as that yeah let i'll i'll review like someone green light a movie me and tom make and then we'll review it yeah you know and we'll be very fair very fair in our review of the movie we wrote yeah fair and balanced anyway. that's our motto <laughs> ours and this nobody through, else's yeah this is uh this was through our patreon patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed uh you go on there yeah for five dollars a month you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts like tom and jeff watch batman fox Mulder's maniac star trek the next futurama and spiel boys mm-hmm. uh we also watch movies with our patrons every friday night uh we could watch this we yeah. can honestly watch this on a Friday night. We probably should. Um, yeah. We also have a store. Head over to GameFlightEmployed.com where you'll find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So check that out. Yeah, baby. But like in a certain perspective, like turn your head and like look at it from the corner of your eye. Then you'll see the store. Yeah. Then you'll see it. That's the only it'll, way you'll see it'll it. It'll manifest. As a dick. Mm-hmm. 